I'm Claire. And I'm Emma. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like teen movies from the early aughts starring Hilary Duff, our fave, our queen. Thank you, as always, for being here. We're here today with a very special guest, our friend and author, Laura Hankin, whose latest novel, The Daydreams, is set during the same time period as the movie we're discussing today, which is, of course, the Lizzie McGuire movie. Laura, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me to discuss this fascinating film. (laughs) The seminal cultural piece. And just want to say that if you enjoy our teen comedy, tween comedy deep dive today, (laughs) you might also enjoy our rom-com rewatch series, which is also teen-themed currently over on our other podcast, Love to See It. We're discussing a whole host of classic teen rom-coms from Love and Basketball to 10 Things I Hate About You. And you can see some cultural overlaps between some of those films and this this masterpiece we're discussing. <laughs> yeah, this is like the uncool little sister of like a 10 things I hate about you. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, the last time I saw this movie was 20 years ago. So I was like, maybe it'll be good for adults too. But it's not though. I'm gonna gonna just go. Wow, spoiler alert, Laura. I'm sorry. How dare you? The thing about the Disney Channel is like, while Disney is known for making movies that are great at all ages, the Disney Channel, I don't think is known for that sort of thing. Like, Lizzie McGuire. Are you trying to tell me that if I rewatch Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, I'm not going to enjoy it in the same way? I'm telling you, I watch a lot of Disney content, channel content right now, and it has nothing for the parents. So before we get into this movie, Laura, I want to know, why was this a movie that you wanted to look back at? I take responsibility for suggesting this one. So I guess I was probably... 14 when it came out because it's the 20th anniversary of it now in May and I like went to junior high through ninth grade and was going to high school in 10th so like Lizzie you know I think when it came out I was Uh. going through this transition I was probably like a year or two too old for the movie even then but as a like theater nerd I like really loved the idea that I could be plucked from obscurity like Lizzie and become an Italian <laughs> pop star. So Relatable. I, yeah, exactly. So I I guess I've always thought fondly of it because of that. Have not revisited it since, except for the song What Dreams Are Made Of, which I think will always very be stuck in, in my head until very I die. important work. It's very catchy. Yeah. <laughs> And well, also, I think I was so interested in Lizzie McGuire because they like tried to reboot it a year or two ago. Do you remember this? Vaguely. I think it might still be in the works. Oh, interesting. Wait, so are they rebooting it with the original cast and their grown-ups now? Yeah. Who is that for? (laughs) I don't know. The issue is that I think Disney and like the Lizzie McGuire team ended up having these creative differences because they were like, Lizzie's 30 you know, the, the team was like, Lizzie's 30 now. Lizzie fucks or whatever. And Disney was like, no, Lizzie does not fuck. Lizzie never gets to fuck. That's yeah. the rule. Yeah. We're sticking to it. In Disney world, no one ever grows up. No one ever fucks. Like, yeah. Lizzie is 30 and she lives with her best friend and platonic roommate Gordo. They have separate bedrooms. <laughs> right. But maybe- Once a year, they share a kiss on a balcony and then they get so uncomfortable they don't talk for three months. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes it a little awkward when they have a shared kitchen. But yeah. So it was in my mind because of that. And just w- in writing the daydreams, I've spent a lot of time mired in the like early 2000s pop culture, but had not yet revisited Lizzie. So thank you for revisiting it with me. <laughs> I mean, thank you. Yeah. This is not a movie I had ever seen. Before we get into the plot, which is really like where the bulk of our commentary is going to lie, because this is there's not a lot of I don't know thematic depth, of, like greater theme, yeah, <laughs> themes to to plumb. But some background: the Lizzie McGuire movie came out May second, two thousand three, as you said, almost exactly twenty years ago. It was directed by Jim Fall, who I will say hasn't really seemed to direct anything else of note, unless you count some holiday-themed Hallmark Channel movies, and which, think, frankly, Claire and I both enjoy. And I think when you watch the Lizzie McGuire movie, you understand why his phone maybe wasn't ringing off the hook <laughs> after it after it hit theaters. Shocker. The screenplay was written by a team of Susan Estelle Jansen, Ed Dechter, and John J. Strauss. And I will say that Ed Dechter and John J. Strauss did co-write there's something about Mary, the 1908 Cameron Diaz film. So what? I did wonder like how this came together. Like, was it written by one of them? And then Dechter and Strauss are the kind of writing team that's like brought in to punch it up. To punch that would be my assumption. Scripts. Yeah. Yeah. That was my assumption as well. Yeah. They came in and they're like, all right, we're stripping all of the PG-13 to R-rated material <laughs> from our repertoire. We've got four jokes left and... Lizzie McGuire movies getting all different vibes than there's something about Mary. A little bit. What are we going to do if we can't reference semen in this movie? We're going to have to figure something out. The movie was the first feature film released in theaters based on a Disney Channel series. Have there been others? Probably. I I feel like, oh, not not based on a series, but they definitely did one of the later high school musical movies in theaters, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But, yeah. This is so funny because, well, we can get more into this, but like this movie is actually the total opposite of what the series of Lizzie McGuire was all about. (laughs) In that the series of Lizzie McGuire is like, she's a regular girl and all she does is like go to school and get embarrassed by her little brother and stuff. And this one is like, and now that regular girl goes to Italy and gets swept up (laughs) in shame. That's so funny because Emma and I didn't watch it. No, we've never we'd never consumed any Lizzie McGuire. Whoa! And as we yeah, were as we it. began watching the mystifying movie, to you. mystifying, we were so confused. I was like, wait, isn't she secretly also a pop star, and that we she lives realized. a double life? No, that's we not. had both Hannah conflated Montana. Hannah Montana and Lizzie McGuire. We were like, there's just I don't know. They're in the soup of like Disney and people who then got really famous. Well, they're both they're and both was, Disney Channel shows about like starring women who were also pop singers, famous pop yeah. singers. And they both do have like this is also a part of the Lizzie McGuire canon and she does become a pop star in it. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense why we were confused. <laughs> I think so too. This was like Disney's bread and butter in the early 2000s, I feel like, was aspirational shows about how you too could be a pop star. <laughs> they really like created the influencer generation. They were just mm. like, what if you were just suddenly famous yeah have you ever thought about that and then your life was like amazing yeah (laughs) extra 
points if it's a cute boy who facilitated your newfound fame. Yeah. And it was always like, your life is amazing. You know, in this movie, the fame never seems like threatening or bad. When people are seeking their autograph, it's always like just the right number to be flattering, but not overwhelming. (laughs) Whereas like, actually, Disney was taking these kids and making them famous. And a lot of them did not end up having such a great experience. Yeah, it's crazy how all of the Disney Channel stars, like, became extremely depressed and descended into, like, addiction and, like, mental, like, health issues. And it's like, I guess they were just having too much fun (laughs) occasionally signing hot guys' biceps and being applauded on stage. I guess they were just, like, enjoying themselves a little too much. So, as you said, this movie is based on a TV series, the Lizzie McGuire TV series on Disney Channel, which was created by Terry Minsky, and only aired two seasons, which, like, in my mind, again, I had not consumed any of this, but this loomed so large that I assumed it had been on for longer. But yeah, it aired two seasons. The first episode aired in 2001. The last episode aired in 2004. And it centered on the titular Lizzie, played by Hilary Duff, a clumsy 13-year-old junior high student navigating the complex social dynamics of middle school alongside her BFFs, Miranda, who is not in this movie, but played by Lelaine and Gordo, played by Adam Lamberg. And Lizzie's inner monologue is often conveyed to the audience directly through her animated persona, which I another thing I didn't realize. I was like, <laughs> oh, there's like animation. There's a cartoon girl. Who there's keeps a cartoon girl. Up. Who is she and why is she always screaming? She's like the happy cartoon. Yeah, I truly, I truly, oh my God, she is. She's just like "Ah!" a descendant of Kathy. Yeah. Wow. Middle school Kathy. Tell me more about like the vibes of the show. I mean, honestly, I don't remember that much, but I feel like it was just, yeah, she was in school. I think she had a crush on Ethan. Like, he was the popular boy. There was okay. her. Who is also in the movie. Yeah. Is he the skate? Oh, he's the skateboarder, skateboarder. one. Yeah. yeah. There was her, en- like, the mean girl enemy. And it was a lot more centered on her family life, too. Like, this annoying younger brother and her slightly overbearing parents. And then, yeah, her best friend, besides Gordo, Miranda was like a big part of it. And then she's just not in the movie and they explain it away with one line. Yeah, I literally am having to Google all of these characters to even find out what they look like. Miranda, yeah. never seen her in my life. The little brother thing was so triggering to me as a person <laughs> of brother experience. I was like, do you want to sow antagonism between opposite sex siblings like you're making me feel like if my brother ever does anything to annoy me it's because he genuinely hates me and wants to cause maximum suffering to me through whatever (laughs) means possible he would like to keep a lockbox full of blackmail material that he can leak to the tabloid in the event that you acquire any modicum of fame i feel like he was one step away from having a secret lair in the basement just like yeah yeah this is a kid that becomes an incel yeah like he's spending so much time on reddit and like 8chan now well that's yeah yeah, that's what would happen now he would be like an andrew tate guy back then he was just an enterprising entrepreneurial (laughs) paparazzo of his sister right with like very spiked hair. Oh, yeah. Well, that was just a signature of the time. <laughs> there were a lot of boys in the middle school cafeteria who had that hairstyle, from what I remember. Oh, yeah. 
all the cool guys right had it yeah I, if I you know. weren't like frosted tips at risk of injuring your hand if you touched a boy's head like that boy was <laughs> not cute so it's there were two types of boys the floppy haired boys oh yeah and the frosted tips boys <laughs> so this movie was i would say poorly received by the critical <laughs> the critical elite the cultural arbiters the Washington Post review at the time said, quote, there is absolutely no reason why girls shouldn't squeal happily at the Lizzie McGuire movie, a flick based on one of their favorite Disney Channel cable shows. But there's also no reason, absolutely no reason why the rest of us should put ourselves through the agony that is the Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh my God. I have to say, I agree with this review. <laughs> yeah, same, same. Yeah, I, yeah. It reminds you now. It reminds me of On the Line, a movie that I never saw, but that from its trailers, I assume was sort of similar to this in vibe. It came out when we were in middle school, and I was not invited to a trip with friends to go see it, and mm. had a lot of bitterness. Wow, that's so rude. But I was like, yeah. it doesn't look like a good movie. But I was like, it'll be fun because it's for us. Like it'll be good because it's for us girls who are like. 13 years old and we just want to see Lance Bass like kiss Emmanuel Cricky on the subway. Oh, yeah. I never saw that the Lance movie. Bass rom-com. Yeah, wow. where he like sees her from afar and falls in love and then like stalks her for the rest of the movie or something. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And this poster is incredible. Joey Fatone is just going like ah, yeah. in the background like shredding a guitar. <laughs> yeah. Classic Joey. No, even as a 13 year old you're like this isn't going to be a good movie but like I don't have to act cool around my brother or like anyone seeing this movie i'm just gonna be out with my 13 year old gal friends like just like relishing in how cheesy this is and that is also the lizzie mcguire movie vibe does not hold up well when you're 34 years old yeah i think i just had these like really fond memories of watching it with my best friend in like our pajamas and you know singing oh that makes total sense (laughs) and i'm i'm sure i would have had those same fond feelings if i had ever consumed any Lizzie McGuire content, I do feel like I was just like a little too old mm-hmm. for it. That well, plus, I mean, I was a grade we didn't ahead have of cable. you guys. And we both didn't have cable. Uh, I yeah. didn't have so cable. So we would not have been did, watching Disney Channel shows. But I so. did watch a lot of Disney Channel like at my friends' places. Mm. And this was not, like, I, I literally feel like I was just that like year or two yeah too old for it where like older woman more mature than us well also claire and i were talking about it's probably that plus the fact that as people that didn't have cable i went right from wishbone and ghostwriter to every single show on the wb so there was this (laughs) even when i was in middle school i what i wanted to see was not necessarily more stories about middle schoolers but with aspirational television about high schoolers who were actually played by 25 year olds (laughs) yeah i like learned about kissing from one tree hill Mm. loved one tree hill i loved one tree hill i loved popular i I watched felicity i watched like dawson's creek just like a gilmore girl like all of literally every single show that aired on the wb i saw it including an ill-fated summer show young americans (laughs) starring kate bosworth (gasps) oh kate bosworth incredible cast frankly yeah so you watched lizzie mcguire when it came out laura we did not so we had sort of maybe different experiences of this rewatch but at the same time i think we all had the same experience which was like wow i can't believe 
what a disaster this movie is. And I think we should just get into it. Yeah, we got to just get into the details. <laughs> yeah. Claire being the hero that she is took incredible notes. Incredibly detailed plot. notes. I have like six pages of oh plot. My God. No. And you you watched this twice. Yeah, because the first time I just you wanted to, to enjoy it. And then I was like, now I actually have to take all the notes. Although yeah, it is sort of it is tragic to be like, the first time I just want to enjoy it. And then you're just like, I'm not enjoying it. I this. don't enjoy it. <laughs> so the movie opens like a sort of teen action or spy movie with that like tense action music and that blocky metallic font it's like spy kids or something yes yeah i did have a moment of being like did i click on the wrong movie (laughs) yeah yeah you're like wait what genre is this working in and then you're like no 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 this is just for the first scene that's that's the first joke thank you again to our there's something about mary writing team punch-up team so the reason that we're doing a, a spy movie theme is because Lizzie McGuire's younger brother, Matt, is on a mission. He's driving his toy cop car into Lizzie's room with a camera attached while his sister changes. Guys, the police so state crazy. starts young. <laughs> <laughs> they really gloss over this because it's like she's in an outfit and then you like cut and she's in another outfit but the car is like filming her the whole time well don't you know that lizzie mcguire never gets naked she's never <laughs> been naked in her life she's a never nude probably <laughs> she does that thing that we used to do in gym class where you put your shirt on over the yeah, other shirt and then, and then yeah, you carefully. like carefully remove the t-shirt underneath your sweater and like pull it out through the neck yeah that's, that's the only only explanation for this if i yeah. lived with matt i would else, do the same her, thing honestly or else, yeah her brother is literally making like child pornography so i i don't know he's yeah. trying he's trying but he won't succeed because lizzie never gets naked what she is doing though that will embarrass her if it, when he gets this footage is obliviously dancing and lip singing lip syncing to an atomic kitten cover of blondie's the tide is high <laughs> Which is such a banger, by the way. I was yeah. like, I forgot about this song. This this movie is like rich in pop group covers of like really good songs. Yeah. So <laughs> she's how do we describe Lizzie at this point? She's she's like your local millennial middle school hottie, I would say. She's like low rise boot yes. cut pants, blonde hair, ironed flat as a pancake, newsboy cap, mm. lip gloss. Like, she just looks like the hottest girl at my middle school. And this was my first deep confusion about the character of Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, because she's supposed to be this, like, every girl who's totally non-threatening, you know? Right. I'm like, but she's just really blonde and really hot. Right. She she like, is that really rom-com hot. trope of just, like, oh, what guy will ever want her? Because sometimes she trips and falls over. Yeah. Although with Lizzie, it's not just sometimes. It's like she <laughs> it's cannot all- go five minutes. That is <laughs> To me, like her main personality trait. It is. Yeah. Is I'm, tripping. I'm like, yeah. I hope Lizzie is taking calcium supplements so that her bones can like <laughs> yeah. tripping this frequently. Yeah. Once you get to our age, tripping is not such a small deal anymore. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. So she, she trips and falls into her bathtub, humiliating. Matt captures it all, laughing. He's like, this is going to be worth the big buck. Uh, I guess Matt's maybe he an could entrepreneur. Send it, yeah, he could send it to America's Funniest Home Videos or something. That does seem to be his hustle. How much yeah. does that pay? I don't know. Lizzie, Lizzie McGuire, our heroine, is graduating from junior high. And she heads to graduation with her loving parents and her 
evil, hateful younger brother who she'll be in therapy (laughs) over for many years. And unfortunately, I would say everything goes horribly wrong. She's like so nervous. And I'm like, it's your junior high school graduation. What could possibly happen? Well, she knows herself better than I do because (laughs) things become completely catastrophic in ways that I could never have predicted. First, the mean popular girl, Kate, comes up to her unzips her graduation robe and is like, you wore that polyester sack to the spring dance. Lizzie McGuire, you're an outfit repeater. Was that (laughs) an insult people wielded? Yeah, because we were all expected to have just like one million outfits and never wear never wear anything ever again yeah i, I, I wasn't like aware shirts i wasn't I was aware yeah. yeah i know now i'm like should i wear the same dress for every stop on my book tour make that your brand yeah the other thing is that this is how i learned that lizzie is not cool but she somehow there were no other much cooler clues. than her bully like her bully is looks popular in like an 80s movie way yeah and like barely i was like this girl would be getting bullied yeah like the narc and lizzie would be cool yeah like (laughs) kate seems like the kind of person who has horses and like goes and spends a lot of time with them in her country yeah and and everyone's like yeah she's kind of a freak and she like always tattles on us yeah she's always wearing like pearls and sweater sets and like her hair the, the trend at the time was flat, flat hair. Like, she is, she has, like, 80s bangs. Yeah. I was yeah, like, this I'm girl gonna is not say, popular. We lived through middle school and high school during this time period. And, like, I know a hot girl when I see one, and it's not that girl. <laughs> if Lizzie Which, McGuire, She's a very, like, lovely actress. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the way they did yeah, her up is not... the way. But the way that they styled her gives none of the signals that this person would be the every girl's bully. Yeah. So then I tried, I spent the rest of the movie trying to figure out what was going on. And I think it's obviously just like that they are trying to have it both ways. They're like, Lizzie McGuire is aspirational. Like, you want to look like her, you want to dress like her, you want to be her. But also, she's relatable because she's just like you. She's not the coolest girl at school. Exactly. And so they really need to have her both be the most aspirational looking hot girl and also somehow frame her as the nerd. And they just do it in this incredibly heavy-handed way where you watch it and you're like, I simply don't believe that she would not be the popular girl. I don't believe that this other girl would be more popular (laughs) than her. Zero percent. But maybe when I was 13, I would buy it because it's what you want. You want to be like oh, I can, like, be the coolest girl, like, in the world and still, like, understand how I feel, like, not being the coolest girl in the world. Yeah. I think also, like, Hilary Duff does not seem to have a mean bone in her body. So you do believe that, like, Hilary Duff would never bully you. you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, she definitely strikes me as the nice girl. She just strikes me as, like, the really kind, popular girl. Yeah. She would be the one in the group who, like, after her friend said something bitchy to you, would, would like, give you an apologetic smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, maybe every once in a while, you would, like, have an actual conversation with her. And then you'd be like, yeah. oh, I love her so much. Oh, she's <laughs> so great. I want to hate her, but I can't because yeah. she's so beautiful and so nice. Yeah. So the other terrible thing that happens is that she is told last minute that the class president, Margaret Chan... Has Ebola or a cold? This is at this point we now have two girls of color, right? Because Miranda is yeah. Latina, who just like are absent. Yeah, 
<laughs> they were yeah, like, just like no room for any girls of color in this there movie. was no we're budget for them yeah. margaret is just like on a poster board yeah i will say this is one thing in the movie that actually made me laugh that they like seem to have this weird hero worship of margaret chan and of like this gigantic poster of her <laughs> yeah. at graduation and they're class of like 20 and they're like margaret chan is the best of us i hope she recovers from ebola soon yeah but yeah so <laughs> she is absent in order for lizzie to have her moment as the secretary treasurer she needs to fill in and give the graduation speech she's informed of this by an adult about 30 seconds before she needs to give the speech that she is not provided or given any time to prepare look Ebola comes on fast (laughs) maybe they didn't know i'm like you gotta have a better backup plan than suddenly asking a random 13 year old to ad lib a speech to the class and all of their families but they're like, that's not our problem. We're just the grownups here. Lizzie, you take care of it. <laughs> so she's desperately trying to ad lib a speech about how obviously we all just are so embarrassed all the time here in middle school when she <laughs> trips, falls, and brings the curtain backdrop down on the entire class. And obviously, Matt leaks the footage of this to the Today Show. Mm-hmm. Would the Today Show show that? That no. feels a little mean for the Today Show. I know. Like, Why would the, the Today Show give a fuck? Yeah. We later find out it was also on CNN. Like, it's not news. Mm. What's going on? <laughs> a tweet. Don't they have trip. war propaganda the to show in 2003? Yeah. They do. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Iraq War was happening. <laughs> yeah, I actually think in like 2003, my class was supposed to go on a trip to Europe, and it got like canceled for the year because of the war. Yeah, oh, like there, there so were gonna you were war. gonna go to we Afghanistan. Were, yeah, <laughs> like, take mind. a lovely scenic trip. No, I think we were supposed to go to like Paris and London, and oh, they were like freedom it, prize. Just, yeah, yeah, maybe that was. We yeah, we were like doing walkouts from from school in protest of the war around this time (laughs) not in indiana we weren't oh my god so that's interesting information because my big reaction to the class trip to rome was what middle school class goes to rome yeah and apparently it's a thing certainly not mine yeah i don't know why i was like in public school but they offered this trip as an option i don't know why we had we had trips to Europe that you could do over spring break like in high school that yeah was, like, we had one up. of those yeah mm-hmm. we had that but no All our end went. of year our end of year trip in eighth grade was definitely like you get to go to King's Dominion yeah yeah we went a to theme Cedar park Point. in Virginia Cedar Point to theme to park Point. in Ohio for Cedar one Point day is actually massive oh my God. Cool. it was a nightmare though i think it was just really? all i remember is that there were like flies everywhere and they were aggressive <laughs> maybe it was just a oh. time of year thing and also like my i you know it's like you're going on a bus trip for like five hours with a bunch of 13 year old boys who think that the best way to spend that time is to pour pixie sticks on your hair yeah like not oh, many that's, just, that's mean <laughs> like it's so mean no i went to school with like notoriously the meanest class of boys like they really? were they were no- locally notorious for being super mean jesus anyway enough about that <laughs> i know there i do go- feel like we could record a whole two-hour thing just about like the horrible mean things that middle school boys said to us oh yeah yes. yeah am yeah. i traumatized by middle school yes yes, yes. i am yeah. we are all those girls who were traumatized <laughs> we by middle are school. lizzie we are Lizzie, except like less hot. Yeah. At least I speak for myself. <laughs> and honestly, if I'd been as hot as Lizzie, maybe the boys wouldn't have bullied me. Mm-hmm. But 
all of my bullies were boys and that's something that's underrepresented in the lizzie mcguire movie so true yeah but boys are just all nice and willing to do anything for her <laughs> in her school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So some of the class chooses a trip to like a water theme park, but some of them choose an invigorating two week trip to Europe with their future high school principal. I had so many questions. Yeah. First of all, I do think more kids would be enthusiastic about a trip to Europe without parents. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's like the uncool choice. I did end up going on like the Europe trip a year later when I was in high school and everybody was so excited to like drink for the first time. Same. (laughs) I also literally did go to Italy in high school and got drunk and it was amazing. I don't think they let 13 year olds drink in Italy. They don't, but they do. (laughs) It wasn't like technically allowed. Oh my God. But Anyway, these uncool kids agree to go on this trip to, to Europe. And yeah, it's a real sacrifice that they're making. Yeah. <laughs> the trip is led by their future high school principal, Miss Ungermeyer. The only good part. The only good part of this movie. Alex Borstein as Miss Ungermeyer. You may know her Chef's as kiss. Susie from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And she is incredible. I also love the accent work that she is doing. Oh, yeah. She's as- like vaguely Southern. It's a vaguely Southern. It's very confusing. <laughs> like, what notes did they give her here? She's just, I mean, she's like a sketch comedy veteran. She's clearly just like, yeah. I'm just going to ham it up. Like, don't think too hard about it. And it works. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. She plays this sort of like Martinette style tour leader. She always has her head set on and her flag to lead the, the, the troop around. She's like a stickler for discipline. And as a high school principal, She has a lot of power over them because she can make or break your college dreams with her approval. And Gordo apparently is already thinking about college. He's hard. He's on that track. And so he's ready to suck up to to Miss Ungermeyer. And she immediately pegs him as, quote, a sneaky little brown noser with a hidden agenda. Heartbreaking. (laughs) He scuttled his college chances at 13. It's got to suck. Them's the break. (laughs) But they get on their flight to Rome. Gordo and Lizzie laugh and have totally platonic fun all flight, culminating in Lizzie falling asleep on his shoulder. And then he he looks at her fondly and he puts his head on her head. I was such a Gordo Lizzie shipper back in the day. (laughs) I get it. Gordo is is definitely the most appealing option that I see in this movie. Yeah. And I think I was just generally a sucker for the trope of, like, the best friend who's secretly in love with you. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. The best friend who sees you in a way that no one else does. It's an incredibly powerful trope. Yeah. Because I think also, I don't know about you two, but as, like, a middle school and high school girl, I spent so much time when there were, like, cute boys I had crushes on, desperately trying to not let them see who I really was, right? You know, I was like, can I get through this interaction with them without revealing how deeply uncool I am and just pretending to, like, all the bands that they like, et cetera. (laughs) And so the idea that, yeah, your best friend who knows you truly is like you're the most amazing girl in the world was catnip yeah yeah and i think also that she doesn't have to like try around him to Mm -hmm. also like play it cool like i spent a lot of time being like i can't let them see that they like me that i like them Mm -hmm. i can't be the one to express interest which when you have a crush on someone is really hard but what if it was just your guy best friend that you didn't realize you're in love with and like you were just natural and relaxed around them and then you know you were rewarded for your lack of interest with like 
a perfect love story. I do think this got me into trouble in real life because like when in the occasions that it did happen when a guy best friend did have feelings for me I never actually had feelings for them back but I was like right you're like oh there yeah out there is a reason that we were friends yeah and it wasn't because we were in love with each other it's just so odd yeah yeah I don't think that a lot of these cultural products like set us up to have super healthy relationship patterns (laughs) on the porch so they arrive at Rome. They go to a luxury hotel where they will be staying. Literally, Two to a room. These rooms, it's like the Four Seasons or something. Yeah, I no, know. they're fully. They fully are at a luxury. I hotel. stayed in a lot of Super Eight hotels, like four to a room, when I was doing high school travel. So yeah. this was blew my mind. Lizzie is roomed with her bully Kate, who. At this point, is wearing a blazer and pearls. Like, I just don't <laughs> think I ever saw a popular girl dressed like this in middle and high school. They were all just wearing, like, old Navy khakis with, like, like and, low-rise like, cool, boot-cut old like, Navy khakis. Yeah, graphic yeah. tees. Graphic, graphic tees. mini tees. Layered with... polo shirts that, yes. like, showed the belly button. Exactly. But Gordo cheers her up by promising that they will have adventures in Rome. She's like, promise me that we will have adventures while we're here. And he's like, I Our gal promise. Lizzie. She, she wants- just loves an adventure. <laughs> she wants to escape herself, her humdrum life. She's ready for more, for bigger things. And she finds them at the Trevi Fountain Ugh. when she locks eyes with a floppy-haired, I told you there were two kinds of boys, <laughs> floppy-haired Italian boy yeah. who does have a collared shirt. This movie is not great representation for spiky-haired boys. I think all of the, like, sexy boys have floppy hair. Even Gordo is a floppy hair boy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the only spiky hair boy is the really annoying brother. Yeah. Maybe that was the beginning of the end for spiky hair. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe it's on the way out. It does feel like that was more 2000, 2001, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Now we're in 2003, baby. (laughs) Yeah. And this Italian stud has the floppy hair. He also has sort of a 70s look. He's got like a spread yes! collar pinstripe yeah. shirt. <laughs> Literally looks like he should be in that 70s show. <laughs> he does. They're doing genre work here. He's in the 70s. The bully Kate is in the 80s. <laughs> Matt is doing 90s spiky boy hair. Like Lizzie is the only one who is in the early aughts. It's anachronism mishmash. But he looks great. I mean, it makes you think maybe the 70s were were a good era for, for male fashion, which I had never thought before. He <laughs> pursues her to a gelato shop where Miss Ungermeyer is ensuring that their blood sugar doesn't drop below the necessary level. And he tells her that his name is Paolo. And she looks exactly like his singing partner, Italian pop star Isabella. Can we talk about how this was the era of identical strangers who are not related as like a thing? Yeah. Yeah, the doppelganger was strong. Yeah. It's like the Disney Channel starlet who's like, I want to play more parts and do accents. And isn't that right? It takes two also, like they're just identical strangers. Mm -hmm. The Mary Kate and Ashley movie. Definitely at least one Mary Kate and Ashley movie. I think they are not supposed to be sisters. They're just identical strangers. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And even like Taylor Swift took this in the You Belong With Me music video. Yes. You know? So like 
put on a brunette wig. Parent trap, obviously. That's kind of, they're not strangers, but they are strangers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Whoa, what a twist if like Lizzie's dad had been having a time over in Italy, you know, 17 years <laughs> that, ago. I would have preferred that. That would have been much juicier. <laughs> it would make more sense. Yeah. So this is confirmed by... Uh, suddenly just like exactly four fans rushing up to her and being like Isabella and like giving her a huge wheel of cheese as you do see see this is what I mean being famous looked amazing (laughs) yeah they're just like here's $120 worth of fine cheese (laughs) like I love you I mean, that's a dream now. Yeah. Why won't someone and give me free cheese? Yeah. I have to say there's not enough follow through on what happens to the cheese in this movie. Is that cheese just like rotting in a corner? Yeah. <laughs> that was that shopkeeper's like whole wares yeah. for the month. Just like quietly leaves it on a corner when no one's paying attention. So Paolo asks her to meet him at the Trevi Fountain the next morning. And Gordo, wonderful platonic friend that he is... Helps her come up with a plan to fake being sick so that she'll be left alone at the hotel. So here's where I have another issue with the plot. They sent like 20 teenagers to Italy with one chaperone. Mm -hmm. One. If they ever need to be in two places, you've got unaccompanied 13-year-olds in Rome. They're not worried about details here. They're like, we had the budget to hire one actor to be the adult. Besides, they have the hotel manager. Hotel Hotel managers in these movies are always just getting pulled into so much extra labor that they are not. Well, he used to be an admiral in the Italian Navy, so... Yeah. And then Miss Undermeyer is like, tell them about your security plans. And he's like, we serve at five the cookies. So he doesn't really seem on top of it. They're like, we can pull one over on this assistant manager. Miss Undermeyer will be out for the day showing people around the Coliseum. We can do this. She calls in an Italian doctor who is like, well, she doesn't have a fever. She must be sick to want to miss a tour of Rome. She should have two apricots a day because they're in season. Seems like and sound delicious. medical advice to yeah. me. Again, yeah. that line did make me laugh. I'm I know. <laughs> that was one of those parts that I wrote down because I was like, one of the good jokes in Lizzie yeah. McGuire. Yeah, this is one of the four jokes that the There's Something About Mary team added in there. Yeah, three left. Let's see what they're going to yeah. be. I love these two adults being like, why would a 13-year-old want to be left in a hotel room in Rome unsupervised if she weren't deathly ill yeah (laughs) she must be ill (laughs) but also let's not give her any medicine or you know yeah apricots you know could work yeah rest rest for two weeks so lizzie puts on her best pink lip gloss and striped jeans with bleach smears down the thighs yes all the worst parts of early aughts fashion. Yeah, are truly. <laughs> a lot of this era of fashion has come back around and some of it can look cool. This is not good. Yeah. The fashion is abysmal in this entire film. I'm She's sorry. always wearing like a very structured blouse mm-hmm. with like, like very tight around the waist with a collar, like a button down that's very tight around the waist and then like tight flared jeans with some sort of bleach and distressing and lip gloss yeah well obviously she's always she's wearing lip gloss when she's sick in bed she's wearing lip gloss when she wakes up in the morning when she goes to sleep i don't know how she does it personally if i don't reapply my lip gloss like every 30 seconds it just goes away i put it on right before we taped and it's already like i i can see it's wearing off not lizzie 
she's got the gift and she's heading mm-hmm. to meet Paolo for a Vespa tour. She's like, can you drive a Vespa? And he's like, it's Italy. No one can drive. Let's she's like, go. great. <laughs> now I, I also love that Lizzie is fully going for that classic millennial partying in business wear yes. vibe. Like, the pinstriping of like the jeans even evokes business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Business bitch. And <laughs> that's Lizzie. <laughs> that's Lizzie. That's the look she's going for. Just so everyone has visuals, I'm going to just putting this link oh, in the, thank you. the chat. Oh, my God. Because there, it's really. Yeah, that's a good really, idea. I'm really enjoying it. When she meets Paolo, she's we wearing do. a pinstriped blue and white blouse. And then when they start going on their dates, it's always like a fuchsia button down blouse. <laughs> she is there to work. Oh, God. How did she have she's so just, many buttons? She's just starting that millennial girl boss hustle spirit. She's like, I am in middle school and I'm ready for the labor force right now. <laughs> and by the end of this movie, she will basically be in the labor force. So yeah. Paolo gives her a useful tour of Rome with misinformation like Caravaggio had his opponent burnt at the stake here. Or maybe the Pope had Caravaggio burnt at the stake. Neither. Neither of those things happened. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Paolo? <laughs> Look, his, his head is too full of writing music and yeah, evil plans. He's a pop star. You <laughs> yeah. think he has time to learn, like, cultural history? Please. Yeah, she's missing out on Miss Ungermeyer's learned lectures for this garbage. And meanwhile, Gordo has to, as they tour Rome, continue to distract Miss Ungermeyer by talking about, like, chiaroscuro and Hellenic imagery so that she doesn't catch Lizzie with Paolo. They're just, like, constantly running into each other. And then he has to be like, oh, no, she's going to see Lizzie on the back of Paolo's Vespa. Mm. Ms. Ungermeyer, can we go look at this other painting that's full of chiaroscuro? I just think it's so important. It makes Further- sense because Rome is teeny tiny. So you... <laughs> yeah, tiny. You <laughs> basically just, two just streets. Like a, just like a little neighborhood. Doesn't she have the itinerary? Like, how hard would it be to be like... Right, to just like, I'm. we can't go there. We just like to the not one go place to my the Campo de Fiori today because that is where my class will be. All I remember yeah, from Rome is walking for vast distances. Lizzie just has never rebelled before, so she doesn't know how to do it. You know? That is the vibe. She's like, am I rebelling? Is that what this is? I don't know. Yeah. She's rebelling in like the most wholesome way. Although when you zoom out, it's like, this is actually not wholesome at all. You're like jetting around Rome with a 17-year-old pop star. He's 17. Like, and you're 13 or maybe 14. 13. He is a 17-year-old with a with a job that makes him <laughs> immensely a famous. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't think that he's an appropriate pop. But they have these conversations always where she's like, so Isabella, like, are you guys really broken up? And he'll be like, yes, definitely. And then she like smiles. She's like, okay, everything's perfect now. I'm on a date with the 17-year-old pop star and he definitely is broken up with his girlfriend. And that's like kind of all she knows about him. She keeps being like, you definitely are broken up with Isabella. And he's like, yes. And she's like, oh, perfect guy. Perfect. Broken up with his ex. What else could you want? Like a working man. (laughs) A working man who has broken up with his ex. What more could a gal want? Meanwhile, back in America, Matt's terrifying friend slash editor i didn't understand this at all (laughs) i think she was more of a regular in the series and yeah she was like his friend who sort of dominated him and was like here's how to be more evil she's giving like tabloid editor she's like leaning over his desk and being like 
you haven't given me anything I can use. Like, give me, so- <laughs> give me something I can run. Like, we're we're not going to make any money if you just give away your good scoops to your parents. And she's also very blonde. The only brunette in this movie is Brunette Lizzie, which is Isabella. Because oh. I guess they got rid of Miranda and Margaret Chan and everyone else. Is like, <laughs> You're not allowed to have brown hair. I guess... Miss Ungermeyer has brown hair. That's she's how you like, know. Yeah, she's an she adult. Is a stick though. up her ass. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like pressuring him to get better dirt on Lizzie so that they can make money with it again. Not clear to me how they can plan for that because she's not famous yet. But back in back in Campo de Fiori, Paolo is starting to open up to Lizzie about what happened mm. with Isabella. He's like, I do still love her like a sister. Why did we break up? Well, we were so successful as a pop duo, but I wanted to do more serious music. And Isabella said, no. So when he saw Lizzie, dot, 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 you know, he thought maybe (laughs) there was something he could do. And she's like, what? And he's like, no, I can't tell you. And she's like, what is it? He's like, no, it's this. I want you to pretend to be Isabella at the International Video Music Awards. He really had to think on his feet. Like, he came up with this plot so quickly. It's so well formed. It's so well thought out. Which is funny because Paolo does not strike me as very smart. Not a lot going on. He's cunning like a fox. He's like, I've got one type of thought in my head, and it's how can Mm. I screw over a 13-year-old girl to make myself money? Yes. And so he's like... We were supposed to present a warden at the International Video Music Awards. And she's like, cool. I I mean, cool for regular people like me. But for you, I guess, it's just like work. And he's like, no, it's cool for me, too. I get all kinds of free gift baskets and stuff. <laughs> Fame is good. Fame yeah. is good. It never feels like a job. You're constantly getting free stuff, including wheels of cheese. That's, that's what fame is. It's only fun. It's only cool. I love the idea that Everyone the best part of being a pop star presenting an award is getting free free gift basket honestly sometimes the things that you hear about like the gift baskets the people yeah get, honestly the I'm gifting like, suites seem incredible yeah they do but it's like you already have a lot of money to get stuff so wouldn't the greater excitement still be from like presenting an award claire people don't love free things everything That's tastes true. better yeah, feels better pretty. also yeah. presenting an award always seems awful to me like anytime you watch an award show and celebrities have to read off the teleprompter isn't it like the most awkward thing you've ever seen so and suddenly awkward. charismatic people have no charisma at all anymore no, that's yeah. true yeah paolo recognizes that he's like that's like what's not is the free shit <laughs> i get it's actually amazing but isabella is refusing to go to the awards and that's a that's problem pretty bad that's a problem it's not a problem for paolo because he can go solo because he writes the music and he can sing. It comes from him like, la, 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 see? So he can go solo. It's fine. I but- love that your Italian accent is better than like any <laughs> Italian accent in the movie. It was about at this point in the movie when I was like, this actor cannot be Italian. And I Googled it and he's Canadian. Oh. His name is Yanni Gilman. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, no one, as far as I can tell, is Italian in this movie. The accent work is abysmal. But he's like, Isabella... She is in trouble if she misses because she can't burn this bridge with our label because she she needs the help to sing. And Lizzie's like, she lip syncs? <laughs> is a 
Isabella international pop star lip syncs and he's like yes and I don't I still I love her like a sister so I I don't I don't want that to happen to her I want to protect her and Lizzie's so you like, need to pose as her obviously okay, that's yeah. the only solution here I love that Lizzie is just like this is the perfect guy he is broken up with his ex he's 17 He's interested in me because I look exactly like his ex, whom he still loves like a sister. And he's about to use me and put my sort of like whole thing in jeopardy in order to protect her from herself. Like, yeah, what a mensch. That's the basis for a stable relationship going forward, I think. She's like, got to pick out more business casual outfits for yeah. the occasion. I'm ready. <laughs> I guess 13 is too young to to look at it in this way where you're like, oh, he he wants to replace his ex with an exact doppelganger. And that's <laughs> me. Like, I feel maybe that's bad. So back at the hotel, Lizzie gushes to Gordo over Paolo and how kind and good and 17 he is and how Gordo is such a good friend for giving her this gift. And Gordo is crestfallen. Evan, who is Gordo's roommate, overhears and is like, oh, that's tough. Like, some guys get the approach and others get the sting. And Paolo is the big time approach and you're getting the sting. (laughs) And I'm like, were these things that people said? I've never heard (laughs) any of that in my life. Were they trying to make this happen? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. That's a question for the writing team. (laughs) The thing is that I watched this whole scene. I still don't really understand what any of it means. Like, is the approach something that you have or that you get? Yeah. Like, is the girl approaching you and she's stinging Gorda? I don't know. Like, because it stings to, like, be rejected? Mm. I don't understand. I just, what I do understand is that the approach seems good. And the sting is bad. And Gordon is a sting man. Yeah. yeah, Constant sting. And Gordo's like, no, but I'm not getting the sting because that would mean I like like Lizzie. And I obviously don't, even though I keep smelling her hair and letting her sleep on my shoulder and getting sad when she's interested in other guys. Back in the States, Matt's evil editor slash friend sees pap photos of Lizzie with Paolo, misidentified as Isabella. And Matt's like, I'm going to tell my mom. She's going to be so busted. And his editor's like, no, smack across the face. That's worth nothing. We need to show the Italian paparazzi all the embarrassing home videos we have of Lizzie. And then profit. What? Because, you know, it's like someone gets photographed once with a famous person. And suddenly we're all just dying to see a home video of them being stung by a bee. Like, what would the headline even be? Teenage girl we thought was Isabella stung by a bee at age 10. It feels like the bigger story here would be there's a teenage girl who looks exactly like Isabella and she's hanging and out is with like Paolo. maybe posing as her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that would legitimately be a story. Yes. Not stung the by bee a bee. Part. Not so much. Also, knowing Lizzie's brother, I feel like he probably trapped that bee and like released it into her hair. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So. Back in Rome, Lizzie is still sick. So Miss Ungermeyer assigns her a report on the rise and decline of the Roman Empire, which appears to be a made-up book about the Roman Empire, but it looks really thick. And Lizzie's like, yeah, of course, what else do I have to do? Cut to Lizzie and Paolo on the Vespa as Hilary Duff's new single, Why Not, plays in the background. Why not? 
why not? take a crazy chance <laughs> why not why do not? a crazy dance can i i mean what why not? Why not do a crazy dance? I think that lyric is like my favorite stupid lyric that's ever existed. It's so lazy. It's it makes so bad. No sense. I know. They're just like, well, dance rhymes with chance and like you can do a crazy dance. So like that goes, but it's like, it's so anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. As a lyric. Like take a crazy chance. Like doing a little silly thing with your body. Every happen. time I laugh whenever I gets to do a crazy dance. Yeah, But, like, when you're making music for 12-year-olds, you can't really suggest doing anything crazier than doing no. it's true. Why not take off with an Italian pop star who's, like, <laughs> way older than you when and nobody you know knows where you are? They do end up doing a crazy dance. Yeah. They do. They honestly do. But first, they go to see Isabella's stylist, Franca, who finds it very odd that her dog Maximus no longer likes Isabella and who hates Isabella's new hair, eyebrows, and lips, but completely, seems like completely unfazed by the fact that Isabella is suddenly American. Yes. Oh my god. (laughs) This, I could, I was like, what is happening? Like, the dog is your context clue? This girl has no Italian accent. And, like, does not understand a word of Italian. I feel like they she try to explain nothing. it at one point with some line that's like, Isabella needs to practice her English, so only speak to her in English. But, like, she is fluent and has an American accent. She, is flu- <laughs> she has an American accent. Yes. At, at the end, she sort of lamely puts on a fake Italian accent. It's like, they are Italian. I'm pretty sure they can <laughs> Which, tell I, to be real. fair, because Il- Isabella is also played by Hilary Duff. She also has a fake Italian accent. <laughs> That's so. true. That provides the consistency throughout the cohesiveness. Yeah. No, it's absolutely, absolutely bonkers. Deranged. The whole time. They're just like, oh, no, is she going to notice that the dog doesn't like Lizzie? And meanwhile, Lizzie's like, I need to have choices. This isn't right for me. I need a different dress. <laughs> yeah. Maybe something more like I would get at Wet Seal at the mall in America. <laughs> Something that Danny Kessler would think I looked really hot in at the spring formal. (laughs) To be fair, the fashion options that they give her are maybe the most abysmal I've ever seen in in a catwalk scene. This is just the costume crew, the prop team, having fun, like, honestly. Yeah, they were like, we do have an extra string of LED lights. Like, that could be a dress. This is like Zoolander style. Yes. And what about that igloo from my backyard? Oh, the inflatable igloo dress. I mean, that's the best of the bunch. Yeah, I was torn between the igloo dress and the hat made out of an open magazine with strings with little like origami things dangling all around her face. The height of fashion. What aspirational teen pop star wouldn't want to show up in one of these outfits. I guess this is the one mo- well, the one point in the movie where fame looks like it's not perfect because yeah. you might have to wear a weird magazine hat. And then the last outfit she puts on is even... That one I was like, this was is too high concept, I think, to see on a teen pop star. But it was still cute. It was like, it was Marie Antoinette in like violet yeah. green. And I was like, you know what? She looks hot in this. But she's like, Paolo, this isn't me. This doesn't feel like me. And he's like, but you're Isabella. Of course it doesn't feel like you. And Isabella would not let Franca tell her what to wear. And so she stands up to Franca. She, like, demands options. And she picks out 
two lavender fabrics that happen to perfectly match. And Franca's like, I will use them both. Yeah. Leaving us to be like, what wonderful what will outfit she wear? will she wear? I can't wait to see Lizzie actually wear like a great outfit. Yeah. Well, Franca's track record, you, you should be concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I love that after Franca shows her all these ludicrous like so like it's not like the problem with the dresses was just the fabrics no No. she's like well now that i've picked the fabric i think we're good to go we're good yeah i look hot as long as there is a button-up or a blazer of some sort (laughs) and there will be involved yeah i feel good meanwhile gordo is out with the class and an increasingly frustrated miss ungermeyer who is so fed up with listening to evan and kate who i guess are exes squabble yeah. about whether they should get spaghetti at 9 a.m. That's Evan. Or buy Prada bags. That's Kate. Because that Kate she, doesn't eat carbs. No, she, that's very important. No. Times. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. I overlooked that. It's a. It's like her main character trait, aside from being a bitch. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if those things are related. I, she's, yeah. she's hangry. This poor woman. She's so poor hungry. Woman. This poor girl is so hangry. Yeah. She's bullying she's like everyone. She's 13 and she won't eat pasta in Rome. Oh, God. The food issues of the late 90s, early aughts are so extreme that they're just like tossing it in as a, a relatable joke. joke in a movie where they like don't even want their teen stars in any sort of like midriff bearing outfits. But what is appropriate is encouraging disordered eating. Like, ha ha, she doesn't eat spaghetti. (laughs) She is a growing young woman. Hilarious. So while they're all taking a 10 minute shopping break, which Miss Unkermeyer says is something at their skill level. It was not at my skill level at that age because I didn't have any money, but this is a different... I certainly was not buying grade. Prada. But these these are the kind of kids who are, like, repeating an outfit. Can you imagine? It's true. <laughs> right. You have to buy something new every day. And their parents are apparently paying for an Italy trip where they stay in, like, the most... <laughs> the four hotel. seasons. It's like a full year of daycare tuition. Yeah. Gordo, during this break, sees two Italian hotties with a tabloid with Isabella on the cover and convinces them to translate it for him by introducing them to his hot roommate, Word. Word. <laughs> okay, I just want to say that these two young hotties actually, to me, had a little bit of Lucia and Mia energy. Yes. Did you notice this? Yes. I think one of them looked a lot like Mia from The White Lotus, and they're, like, very enterprising. You know, they're like, yeah. what's in it for me? <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're not going to just, like, give you shit for free. Yes. No. American twerp. Like, Fair enough. Yeah. I, I respect that. And they apparently translate the article for him. And later, after Paolo and his bodyguard, Sergei, help Lizzie sneak past the hotel assistant manager and back into the hotel right before Miss Ungermeyer. Miss Ungermeyer and Sergei at this point, I noticed, are having some chemistry. They've been having a sort of will-they-won't-they they throughout. That's That's what they give the adults. They're just like... <laughs> Miss Ungermeyer and Sergey, huh? Look, that was a, a hallmark of a lot of kids' movies of our of our time, which is like the adult laborers always just like fall in love lightly with another adult <laughs> yes. laborer, like in Richie Rich, where you're just like the butler and the mom who takes care of everyone. Obviously, these two are on the same level. They have to make out now. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that I think these two in this movie are the only people who have any chemistry of any sort in <laughs> the whole movie. Also accurate. So thank God. Thank yeah, God I felt it for us. when they're I like was... 
staring yeah. each other down in like the elevator. I was like, ooh, goosebumps. Yes. Well, Alex Borstein is actually a good actor, so it might have something to do with that. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. carries every scene on her back. <laughs> she does. <laughs> There's a little continuity issue here, too, in that there will be a scene like this where Lizzie's like, I have to get back before the class. And then other times she'll just like stroll on in and Kate's already in their hotel room. And she's like, I had the most amazing day. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so do you need to get back before everyone or no? But Lizzie's in bed when Kate arrives this time, but she still gets busted because Kate immediately notices that Lizzie has had a makeover, which props to her. I did not notice. I she didn't. looks exactly no. the same. Didn't Lizzie's notice at all the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like the way that your friend gets a makeover when they get their brows threaded, and you're like, I, I'm sure that it's noticeable to you, but to me, you kind of just look the same all the time, more or less. Yeah. Like, the, didn't notice a single thing. Did not didn't notice. notice a single change. She's like, your eyebrows match. You have highlights now, and I'm like, she had highlights before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is the most. The blondest blonde I've ever seen in my life. What are you talking about? So Lizzie's like, all right, I'm busted. Time to confide in Kate that I'm seeing an Italian pop star named Paolo who really likes me. And also I'm helping him protect his ex-girlfriend by pretending to be here at the International Video Music Awards. And Kate is like so jealous because it was her dream to fall in love with a Roman guy. But for some reason, this softens her. She's like, I will cover for you. Like, I guess I am fine with with you being the one who gets my fantasy and I want to help you. Maybe she's just hoping to get one of the free things from the giftings in return. She's playing the long game. Or, yeah, like she could network with some Italian pop stars. Exactly. Yeah, like Lizzie has a real opportunity here. And so Kate wants to be on her good side, I guess. No, that's savvier than I would expect from a middle school mean girl in a way. She's like... There could be good things for me in this instead of lashing out and being like, it's not fair that she gets what I wanted. She's just like, yeah, I can use this. Gordo comes in and learns that Kate has figured out Lizzie's secret. And he's like evil and smart. And Kate says, embrace it. Fear it. Great. I do enjoy that energy. Yeah. There there should have been more of that with Kate, you know? (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. She's she's a badass, am I right? Badass girl bosses of the <laughs> turn of the millennium. Gordo tells Lizzie that Paolo and Isabella, per this Italian tabloid article, are supposed to sing at the IVMAs. And Paolo hasn't told her. And Lizzie's like, hey, maybe it was a last minute thing. And he's like, they plan these things for months. And I'm like, I don't care whether they planned it for months or not. She was with Paolo until literally five minutes ago. Yeah, with the tabloid. Yeah. I'm pretty Lizzie's sure. Too trusting. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this article was on newsstands before you met up with Paolo this morning. Yeah. So he had a chance to tell you. But she like doesn't want to listen to Gordo. She doesn't want to listen to anyone except Paolo because her head is in the clouds. Her heart is in the star. She's just a puddle of cartoon hearts for this She's- 17-year-old. All approach. <laughs> Big <Yeah>. time approach. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at home, Matt is still matting. He has done some e-research on Italy that wasn't, he tells his parents, so e-assuring. He whips out some computer printouts and tells them that per a poll and a pie chart he made. Remember just making pie charts with your, like, Mac computer software? I yeah. remember doing this in like computer lab class in middle school. Yeah, like I'm a god. <laughs> yes, I'm processing the data. I was just like a real p- 
kid picks, gal. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, so much good software that we don't get to enjoy anymore because of progress. He's like, per a poll, 74% of Italian teenage boys said they'd most like to date American girls. And his dad says, where did you get these numbers? And Matt says, they're available to anyone who has a computer. This is an ad <laughs> the for the The magic of the internet. <laughs> this is literally like 20 years ago, this line, and today, just like widespread misinformation and lack of trusted news sources. So true. <laughs> the mom is skeptical, though. She's like, this seems not real. She's a skeptical news consumer. So Matt pulls out the big guns, pretending that he misses his sister. Which completely melts his mom's heart. He's like, I feel so alone. And she's like, oh, sweetie, like, we miss her too. So immediately they're on a plane to Italy so that okay. they can be reunited. With- <laughs> How rich is this family that they can right. be First like? Of all, they're so rich. They can just jet off to Italy at a mo- last minute tickets because they miss their kid. I mean. Who's going to be coming home in like three to in like four three days? days. Yeah. yeah. Also, I just feel like, you know, forget social suicide because you tripped at graduation. Like, your family your showing up to your I Italy I was going to say, there is truly no greater nightmare. I put myself back in that, like, trip I, I went on when I was 14. The idea of my parents <laughs> showing up in the middle of it, fucking nightmare. I think that we this is meant to, like, convey the kind of parent that Lizzie's mom is like at graduation she's like you were just in diapers like she's still in the headset in the mindset that's like when I show up at daycare my three-year-old is so happy to see me yes Lizzie is 13 she's not going to be excited to see at her middle school graduation trip in Rome except she will because of extenuating circumstances which are building up right now so they all immediately hop on this this plane to Italy And meanwhile, Lizzie has no idea. They have not, like, called ahead to be like, we're coming. We miss you so much. See you in the Temple of Fiori. So that evening, Lizzie sneaks out again and confronts Paolo about the performance. And he's like, yes, it's true. I was trying to get out of it by saying Isabella had throat problems. But then a reporter overheard you speaking outside the gelato shop. And now we're going to be sued by the record label if Isabella doesn't sing. And then they take like a quick break to run giggling through Tivoli Gardens. And then she's like, okay, this won't work. I can't sing in public. I can't even sing in the shower. And so Paolo makes a solemn promise. I, Paolo Valitelli, will never let you, Lizzie McGuire, be embarrassed. And if I fail, I have to spend seven days with that scary head check woman. And then Lizzie's like... <laughs> Her name's Miss Ungermeyer. She's so in love. <laughs> the flirtation is so excruciating. Like, all of her banter is like, are you sure you're broken up? And, like, her name is Miss Ungermeyer. Well, I feel like this movie is scared to give Lizzie, like, a real personality <laughs> besides clumsy. Because she's supposed to be the every girl, right? We all need to be able to, like, see ourselves in her. And so if she's too witty or, like, has any interests... <laughs> We might be like, I'm not Lizzie anymore. Which I think is so dark because they can make her like hot, right? Like they're like, it's okay for her to be relatable and like look a specific hot girl way. Because every way that we make her wants to be a hot white blonde girl. Yeah, but we can't make her relatable, but, but still have a real personality. That's a bridge too far. No, the aspirational part is 
the hotness yeah. and the relatable part is her clumsiness and everything else you just fill in the gaps yourself to be fair I guess if I were talking to an Italian pop star when I was 13 like I would not even be able to form her name is Miss Ungermeyer <laughs> as a sentence so Lizzie's doing better than I am or than I would she is honestly but like yeah it's still hard to watch my kingdom for a witty exchange of any kind or something with any content whatsoever she has like one moment in the movie when she's talking to gordo about paolo and isabella's music where she's like oh if you like grungy dark alanis morissette blah 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 and she like has this very complicated sentence that she delivers i'm like do we think that this girl is listening to Alanis. Well, clearly not. She's like, if you like that kind of music, you would think this stinks. But if you like, but like, I like it. If you like windows down, like driving in the car, like singing and like living life, it's great. That's Lizzie. Yeah. No, but it's true. That <laughs> line stands life. out because she doesn't just have sentences that <laughs> that long. That's true. Yeah. It's like the one sort of mildly creative thing she says in the movie. And it's funny because I was reading the Roger Ebert review of this movie and he definitely like digs at Lizzie for when she goes and you know sees some beautiful sight being like cool (laughs) he's like that's really what she says cool and I'm I sort of agree but I'm also like I don't know she's a 13 year old girl she might just be like cool (laughs) yeah 13 year old girls are allowed to say cool as opposed to like oh this speaks to the depths of my soul in a way I never could have anticipated (laughs) I I mean the problem I mean the problem is that like Something can be realistic for a a teenage girl to say and still just be boring. Like, (laughs) that's kind of the problem. I mean, a lot of movies are full of people saying stuff that is unrealistic dialogue, but that's why we want to watch it because it's more interesting. (laughs) Because we don't actually (laughs) want to watch ourselves. I mean, that's also why, like, reality television has to be edited and produced and And then you do end up with like remember Ari's season of The Bachelor when his relationship with his eventual choice Lauren Burnham and they're now married everyone was just like I don't get it whenever they walk around a European city together she's just like wow 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 that's so (laughs) beautiful like she just seemed excruciatingly boring and it's like that doesn't mean that she's not a nice person or that she's not worthwhile but, but not it was not to interesting watch. to watch. Yeah. I really did feel like I was watching a date between Ari and Lauren at this at, at certain points. <laughs> They're just like a blonde girl being like, "Oh wow. Europe is so cool." Yeah. That's pretty. <laughs> That's so pretty. But you're I mean of course it's like it's not like it's unrealistic like she's being like more boring any of us probably would have been in this situation, but yeah. I'm just, watching this. Make it worth my while. Can I just read like one little snippet from yes. the Roger E. Yes, you can. You. Yes, you can. He's, Absolutely. He says, Lizzie herself obviously has never had a real idea in her silly little head. <laughs> and in the real world, her sunny naivete is going to lead to crushing disappointments. She'll be the sad and silent one in the corner at the 2023 class reunion. Oh my God. That is so brutal. <laughs> and it's it's true. Listen, we're now the bullies of Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Uh, sad but what's nice is that unlike a lot of child stars and tween stars from this time hillary duff like did well for herself like she's she's doing well she's She's doing well she's she's put together a great career she has a family that she seems very happy mike yeah yeah she has actually managed to 
survive the hell that was young fame and like and I think that makes me feel better about making fun of this movie because I'm like I know who Hilary Duff is now I respect her work like good for her we can all look back at this and laugh and not be like this is the turning point where her life was destroyed (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's very different from watching like early Lindsay Lohan yeah and, like, she's doing better in this than any of us would have done at age 13, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. We yeah. she, ha- she has, she's, like, not a very good actor in this in a lot of ways. She doesn't, as you said, have chemistry with anyone. But, and yet she's still kind of, she still has it. You're like, yeah, she's the main character. Like, that yeah. makes sense to me. She's just, yeah. like, immensely likable, yeah. you know? Even if she's not acting. Yeah. And then it's deployed like, really well later in her career when she plays Kelsey in Younger. She's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually, like, I haven't seen How I Met Your Father, but I hear that she's like oh, yeah. lovely in it. Okay, we okay, have, back to, we have to get back so, to Lizzie McGuire. Obviously Lizzie is like, <laughs> won't Isabella find out because not her is going to be singing as her. And he's like, no, no, she'll never find out. She's on an island recovering. <laughs> Seems like a short-term solution. <laughs> so finally, Lizzie's like, okay, I'll do it. I know you would never let me be embarrassed. So they run through Rome some more. They see fireworks. And Lizzie's like, this is so beautiful. And Paolo says, yes, you are. I'm like, that's I mean, not how that line works. <laughs> but he's a 17-year-old boy, so it yeah. does work. Do we think Paolo has any feelings for Lizzie? No. Right? Does he have any feelings? I don't no. think so. <laughs> Probably like this not. character doesn't register as a human being, so. <laughs> no. He was my first introduction, I think, to like the hot guy who's secretly evil. You know, up until that point in life, I think I thought hot guys who seemed were good. nice were, were good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had to learn at some point. Like, right. It's, it's just hard that it has to be Paolo, who's such a nice 17-year-old <laughs> Italian pop star. So the next day after Lizzie leaves for rehearsal, Miss Ungermeyer tries to turn back because she's forgotten to give Lizzie her daily two apricots, which I was thrilled oh. to learn that she has been getting those because I'm sure they were delicious. There is is some narrative consistency <laughs> in this film, and for that yeah. we are grateful. And Gordo tries desperately to intercept her and it's like no we have to start the tour now obviously this is so transparent makes miss ungermeyer wildly suspicious and so he has to cover for lizzie by admitting that there was a ruse to sneak out of the hotel but it wasn't lizzie it was him and instead of being like that doesn't make sense miss ungermeyer is like all right pack your bags and i'm not gonna go check on lizzie anymore right (laughs) she's been distracted (laughs) Time to move on. Gordo, he's just so, he's too good he's to so be pure. True. He's, he's so, so pure. I will say a lot of the like early 2000s best friend guys who are secretly in love with the main woman turn out upon rewatch to be kind of toxic and awful. Like win a date with Tad Hamilton. He's so bad. <laughs> oh, oh my I gosh, saw that I really need to watch this. Oh yeah, Claire. I'm having this moment enjoy. where I'm like, I can't believe I never saw that. Yeah. Speaking of Kate Bosworth, oh, wonderful. But Gordo, I think, is like truly great. And he encourages Lizzie to go forth and have adventures. And when he's being jealous of Paolo, it's because the whole situation is shady as hell. Yeah. And also, yeah. he's not like attacking Lizzie yeah. or gaslighting just, her. It's reached the point where I'm like, I want Gordo to protect himself more. I'm like, you are <laughs> yeah, sacrificing yes. your future. You're going to be, like, getting no college recommendations and, like, having to, you know, 
take a gap year or something. Yeah, you're like Gordo really because needs when to you just... were 13, you had a crush on your best friend. Like, yeah. I want better for Gordo. Me too. He's, he's a smart guy, but not in matters of the heart. Yeah, that's his weakness. So he gets in the elevator to go pack up again. He's she's just leaving him alone in Rome to pack up and go to the hotel, go to the airport while she takes the rest of the class on a tour. They needed a second chaperone, and Lizzie, oblivious to all of this, is with Pal rehearsing at a huge rehearsal hall. This is the moment that Roger Ebert calls out when the door opens and she's like, wow, this place is so cool. Yeah. He also says that this movie feels like it's setting her up to be the next Britney Spears, which I'm like, no, it's not. No. <laughs> Especially watching her dance compared to Britney. Dance. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Absolutely not. Like when I was trying to be an actor <laughs> and going to auditions, they would separate you into like the dancers and the movers. And Hilary <laughs> Duff is like definitely a mover. I'm obsessed with that. Wait, oh my god, so I didn't know that that was how a do thing, you get? But I love it. How do they discern? Like, do you have to have a dance background, or do they like watch you dance and they're like, okay, you can only move. That's the best we can say about you. I think it depended on the production. Sometimes they would have you sort yourself. You know, they'd be like, come to this, this one if you're a dancer and this one if you're a mover. I just imagine going to my first audition and being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Were you a mover or a dancer? Oh, a mover, 100%. <laughs> and then like barely even that. Honestly. I've seen you move. You can move. Oh, thank you. So Lizzie is in her movement clothes, three-inch red heels, a fuchsia blouse with bell-shaped fringe sleeves, and a boho, flowy, asymmetrical, multi-patterned skirt. And, of course, it's topped off with prom jewelry from Claire's. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. Where else would one get the finery that is required for such a performance? Is she supposed to be, like, eclectic? Like, is that the idea that she's, like, not really cool girl? She's just, like eclectic Claire, but in this I way don't fucking that... know what the fashion is supposed to be saying <laughs> there is no point of view oh god yeah. i'm just I like i also say i don't see her repeating any outfits on this trip though so <laughs> she learned her proud. lesson yeah if kate sees her repeating an outfit imagine how many suitcases she must have brought also if i had to rehearse a pop number i don't think i would wear red heels and like a really long asymmetrical skirt and like a constrictive blouse but I do love how hilarious it is to watch her learn these moves in this outfit. Yeah. It's like what it's like your choir teacher who's like really into boho wear is trying to teach you the moves you're gonna do at the talent show is more the vibe rather yeah. than a teen pop star. So first Paolo teaches her to lip sync. And he encourages her to really sing along with the music to make it more convincing. And she's like, but you're not singing when you lip sync your part. And he's like, that's because I will really be singing. So I don't need to practice lip syncing or singing, I guess. All checks out. <laughs> he's like, I lip sync in the rehearsal because I don't actually lip sync. He has to save his voice for yeah. the performance. <laughs> then he teaches her the choreo. And what do you know? She's a natural. She's lip syncing. She's a mover. She's yeah. a Despite not being able to take two steps without falling down, Lizzie <laughs> can move well enough to pretend to be a pop star. Well, a lot of it is just shoulder shaking. It's like waggling the shoulders. And then like he's behind her. And then she like looks back at him and they're like waggling their shoulders. 
If only that was all she'd had to do at her junior high graduation. <laughs> Just go up there and waggle her shoulders. Yeah. Everything would have been fine. I think more junior high school graduations should centrally involve shoulder waggling. <laughs> so... She nails everything. Like, it's just her and Paolo. She sings the song through once. She learns the choreo in no time. She's ready to to get on stage in front of an international audience and perform this routine. So then she heads back to the hotel. She learns that Gordo has already been sent home because he took the fall for her. She's devastated. She has to go stand and look through, like, a, a window grate and mm. cry for a minute or so. I love that they just emotional. like sent Gordo off to the airport immediately. Yeah. And again, Uns- unsupervised. Alone. <laughs> They're like, yeah, this guy who's been sneaking out apparently <laughs> so well that we had no idea. We should just send him off alone to go home and trust that he will. <laughs> and the most incredibly shocking thing happens and he doesn't actually get on the flight because why would he? Who's going to make him? <laughs> but the real reason Gordo doesn't get on the flight is that at the airport, he sees Isabella. She has heard about her impersonator, of course. Again, small town vibes over <laughs> yeah. here. She has returned from the island to figure out what's going on. She's like, who's this blonde me everyone is talking about? And when I saw her, I was like, you know what? Franca is right. She should never have cut bangs and dyed her hair blonde. No bangs brunette Hillary is so hot. It's such a good yeah. look for her. And I'm obsessed with it. I feel I like she's yeah. also allowing herself to like be a little hotter as yeah. Isabella. You know, she's yes. like, I'm supposed to be hot and a little bit dangerous. Yeah. It's I mean, true. not dangerous in any way, but yeah. you know, Lizzie the Lizzie character is very like having sex appeal would be untrue to the character. So even when she's like flirting it's awkward and when she's smiling it's like this sort of guileless grin that's just like and Isabella is a little more yeah she's sensual mm-hmm. and I Maybe guess she's like 17, 17 probably yeah. she's probably not probably. 13 like how long could they have been a pop duo if he was like 15 and she was like 10 oh God. Yeah. so Kate convinces Lizzie to go through with the awards because Lizzie is ready to throw the towel in and Kate's like will Gordo's sacrifice be for nothing? Mm. And Lizzie's like, you're right. I will go to the awards. Meanwhile, Matt and her parents are still jetting towards her over the Atlantic, and they catch Matt with just a a tabloid with Lizzie (laughs) on the cover. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I knew about this. Lizzie is pretending to be an Italian pop star. And so they head straight to the hotel where they discover that Lizzie is not in bed. There are just pillows under the blankets. Classic. Classic. They learn that she's at the IVMAs impersonating Isabella. And at this very moment, Lizzie is stepping out of a limo onto the red carpet in such a classic early aughts red carpet look, a lace going out top and ripped bootcut jeans with Paolo's arm around her. Her hair is so straight and shiny and it's updo. She's wearing so much lip gloss. She's so glam. And of course, she immediately trips and falls. Yes. I appreciated the consistency here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is her one personality trait. So yeah. It has to show up again at some point. Is she like the blueprint for Jennifer Lawrence? That's like, what if a celebrity, but she trips? Maybe (laughs) Jennifer Lawrence like actually had a personality. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was kind of her whole thing. Yeah. She had to grow it up a little bit. 
And backstage, Lizzie's really wobbling. She's like, I don't know if I can, I can't sing on stage. I can't do this. And Paolo is like, I know you will be great because you (laughs) shine like the light from the sun. And Lizzie's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. But then Gordo shows up backstage. What? And he has news for her. Paolo is setting her up. Or rather, he's setting Isabella up. And this Guys, is- it's really, really easy to get into the IVMAs, is what yeah. I've learned. <laughs> they don't seem, like, thrown by the fact that, like, Isabella's already checked in. They're just like, oh, Isabella, come on back. Oh, you brought yeah. a plus one. Who's this random middle schooler? Sure. Yeah. And there's no, like, oh, but if you're here, who's that random blonde woman? <laughs> no. No. So Isabella merges in her lime green studded leather outfit that she wore lime on the green. plane to explain... <laughs> In the worst bad Italian accent of the movie, this is even worse than Paolo's, I'm sorry, Hillary, that Isabella is the one who wants to go solo. Paolo is the one who lip syncs, and he wants to make it look like it's Isabella to destroy her so that something, 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 he can still have a career as a lip syncer, which he It's very convoluted. If they parted ways. I Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Also, because, like, couldn't Isabella give an interview being like, that's not me? And Lizzie would feel so humil- humiliated that she would be like, right, yeah, like, it, I did she that. She is legitimately a, a separate person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Like, I don't see any, like, long-term legs for this con. Like, it's all going to come out very quickly. And even if it Also, like, worked, why couldn't I'm, like, he go solo lip sync? Like, clearly he's being produced by a label. Well... And already that knows he can't sing. Right. And if he can't go solo without Isabella, is that going to change if he publicly humiliates Isabella and ruins her career? And now he can't. Right. Now his credibility is also shot. Look, well, guys, I don't understand. To, he had to come up with this plan in 30 seconds when he saw Lizzie. <laughs> that is true. That's true. So it, he, he was like, I started this and I'm going to commit to it. His brain still needs eight more years to finish developing its frontal yeah. lobe. It's not yeah. his fault. But, but Lizzie is like, Paolo would never do anything to harm anyone because he's perfect and floppy haired. She's like, I see you, a strong, confident Italian pop star woman and you my best friend of many years and I'm going to choose to believe a nice 17 year old that guy boy that I like and then Isabella asks her the question that changes everything who are you going to believe this boy you are knowing your whole life or this boy you are just meeting who says you shine with the light from the sun he's used that before he's a line repeater (laughs) he's a line repeater so much worse worse than than an an outfit repeater (laughs) that's so much more pathetic yeah. And suddenly, I mean, this is where Hilary Duff really has to work. You see it, you have to see the, the waves of realization hitting her face <laughs> as she works through all these emotions. She sees Paolo, he looks up, he smiles at her, she smiles, but it's not a smile of true belief and connection. She it's knows a smile something of bittersweet sadness. Her heart is breaking. Oh, her first heartbreak. Yeah. And Isabella explains that even though she's there, Lizzie still has to go through with this in order to fool Paolo and expose him. Because if he sees Isabella on stage, he will just back out of the plan. And Lizzie's like, okay, but like, what's the plan? And Isabella's like, I don't know, go get changed. Good luck. And so Lizzie, this 13-year-old middle schooler, is about to go on stage in front of an international audience. And there's no plan. And there's no plan. And she's Mm -hmm. like, cool, I got it. 
Luckily, she's had to do this once before when Margaret did not show up. That's true. She's like, I'm just going to not she's, do what I did when I was replacing Margaret Chan. She's been preparing for this moment. <laughs> so Isabella takes Gordo to the tech booth where she learns that, of course, Paolo sent no lip sync track for Isabella. He's like, you're going to just sing like you always do. And she's like, oh, no. So there's no like lip sync track to turn up for Lizzie's mic. So she's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Turn down Isabella's mic. And then she gets another mic, puts it on herself to sing her part off stage for Lizzie to lip sync to. Mm. Good plan. Good She's yeah. the smartest Isabella. one in this movie. She yeah. truly is. Yeah. Paolo sees her off stage singing with a cutting look in her eye, and he knows he's fucked. But it gets worse because then the tech guy turns down Paolo's backing track and turns up his mic revealing that his voice is like not only bad but it's like worse than most normal people's voices yeah Yeah. like wait how did this guy become a pop star i don't know they were just like wow you have a great 70s look we can work with it i think that was truly the implication is like it's not even that he's like cute and a nice singer but not good enough he needs the help to really do these live performances, which I think is common, even if you're a pretty good singer, that it's it's actually hard to sing super well in that setting. Yeah. And yeah. instead, it's just like, he can't carry a tune. His voice screeches and <laughs> He's cracks. He's like, yeah, you're a Noah dream. Maybe he and Isabella started out young and his voice hadn't changed <gasps> yet. And then when his voice yeah, changed... <laughs> He's like the kid in Keeping the Faith who's like about to have his bar mitzvah and just his voice keeps breaking the whole oh, time. He's got puberty voice yeah. at 17. Yeah. It's so sad. So he That's rushes. The trauma of it all. Yeah. It's, I mean, pubescent boys. It's, it's a tough time. He rushes off stage where Sergey angrily quits because Paolo was mean to Lizzie. Meanwhile, Isabella comes on stage and has the tech team turn up Lizzie's mic as well so they can sing together, which, like, what the fuck, Isabella? You've never heard her sing. I know. Like, I like that the whole evil Paolo plan is I'm going to make Lizzie sing on stage. And Isabella's like, all right, Lizzie, now sing. (laughs) Yeah, but in a good way. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm going to abandon you. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense because it's both sort of Isabella doing exactly what Paolo was going to do that was supposed to be so evil. But also it's like, why would Isabella want to give up her spotlight to this yeah. random American girl? It's very odd. So she's just really generous. <laughs> she's so generous also, and also evil. <laughs> apparently, Haley Duff is voicing Isabella. Oh, I was wondering because I was like, their voices. Are, are slightly, slightly different, slightly different, but I could see it just being Hillary being like, "All right, here, here are my it's acting Haley. jobs." It's Haley. Wow. I mean, they sound very similar for people yes. who are not allegedly related. Lizzie's voice is also just as good as Isabella's, even though she has no vocal training, has never <laughs> sung in public. It's almost like this whole plan would have he wouldn't have been exposed, but like it kind of would have worked if they had just let Lizzie go ahead and sing. Yeah, like if Lizzie already has a voice that's good enough to hold up on the IVMA stage. Yeah. But maybe like how Lizzie, embarrassing would that be? Maybe she like needed someone to believe in her and to like yes. have more control over it. I feel like Lizzie is nervous and so she, she gets would have in her been own too way. scared. She would have yeah. been too scared. She yeah. So 
Isabella's like, take it away, Lizzie. And she leaves the stage. And what do you know? (laughs) Miss Ungermeyer and Lizzie's family burst in just in time to see Lizzie killing a solo performance, choreo and all, in her hand-selected outfit. And I think we have to discuss this outfit. It is a lavender satin bejeweled blazer with an ab square cutout in the front hem and a tearaway lace and tulle maxi ball gown (laughs) skirt with satin flare low rise pants underneath. It's one of the worst outfits I've ever seen. Yeah. It looks like Like, weirdly sort of futuristic, but also old. Because it's so shiny. It's shiny and lavender in this way that is sort of space fabric, but I I think it's just satin. But I think my favorite part is when she has the blazer on with the giant ball gown. The ball gown skirt is the best part of this. It's like frumpy. I think it's it's sort of Miss Purity Ball USA meets pop star. (laughs) They're like like Mormon bridesmaid. A little tiny bit of midriff. It's there. Don't worry, guys. She is very thin. Yeah, they take something that truly is just like like, yeah, puritine beauty pageant and then they're just like, but no, we cut out an ab window. Yeah. But don't worry, you won't see even a hint of shoulder. <laughs> God forbid. Do we see Lizzie's shoulders? Like, it's like middle no, school dress she's code. In- don't show your shoulders. Claire, Claire she's wearing business casual. <laughs> I think my Catholic school teachers would have approved. Like, yeah. until this ab cut out, her, her midriff is always covered. Shoulders are always covered. Shirts long enough to be tucked in. Knees covered. Knees covered. <laughs> except maybe sometimes... There are rips in the knees of her distressed jeans. Right. Also, aren't they in Rome, like, in the summer? It's very hot there. I thought about that a lot. Like, (laughs) well, when you are a girl boss dedicated to the business (laughs) casual vibe, you don't worry about things like temperature because you brought a collection of tasteful button-ups with you. (laughs) When I was in Rome in the summer, I was... I would step outside and just immediately sweat through a sundress. Yeah. Like, yeah, like some. imagine you have those like the, not that breathable, like a poly blend. But, oh god, business shirt from like the dress barn. <laughs> Oh I would just have massive pit stains. It would be so disastrous. That's the true way to make Lizzie more relatable. More yeah, pit stains. Honestly, oh. make her sweat. Yeah. Oh my god. And of course she's wearing jewelry from Claire's. I it was a it was a look. And suddenly she's doing her choreo with backup dancers that she never rehearsed with and not executes perfectly. Not a problem for yeah. Lizzie. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that for shows like this, they do like weeks of rehearsals. Yes. Yeah, but Claire, what if you just have natural flair? Right, this and is- that allows you to know where your backup dancers are yeah. behind you at any moment. This is the wish fulfillment aspect yes. of it. You could become a pop star after one afternoon. Of just like inherent God-given talent and charm, you're yeah. thrown in. And if you believe in yourself, you can be anything. And if your doppelganger believes in you and you finally yeah. have a female friend... Because she's you and also an Italian <laughs> pop star. Do you think Isabella and Lizzie are going to stay in touch after this? Oh, that's a, you know what? No. I think that they become the kind of friends that they're like, oh, yeah, we had such a great time working together on that movie, but we don't get to see each other very often. But then maybe like mm. 10 years later, they run into each other. Yeah, they would be friendly, they're, but they're like, on good terms. I'm just saying, I think Isabella is very busy. Yeah. Yeah, and Lizzie's very busy. She's about to start high school. She has right. to get back on Miss Ungermeyer's good side if she wants to go to college. 
And then there's an after party at the hotel where Lizzie and her parents just sit on a couch and get photographed up close by a bunch of Fame reporters. Fame is good. Lizzie's parents are so happy to be photographed that they're like, let's not worry about anything else. This is yeah, our moment yeah. to shine. They're like, are we famous now? <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, what takes place between Kate and Evan is, I think, the most darkly informative moment in the movie about like the cultural moment that teen girls mm. were in. No Carb Queen Kate has been bickering all movie with her spaghetti-loving ex, ladies' man and skater boy, Evan. They sit down, he orders a couple plates of spaghetti, and she's like, Lizzie got like this whole Italian adventure that was what I dreamed of, and if she gets that, I all I know now is I don't know anything. And he says, that's hot. And Kate says, what? And Evan says, girls who think they know everything are such a turnoff. And Kate says, really? Looking completely stunned. And he's like, totally. What about you not ratting out Lizzie? That was just so not you. And Kate's like, what if I'm even more not me and I take a big bite of spaghetti? He loves it. She's like, oh my God, being not me makes boys like me. And so does knowing nothing. I cracked it. (laughs) That's my new personality. (laughs) It's funny because in some ways this moment I'm so happy for Kate because I'm like, yes, you're eating pasta in Italy. Great. And in other ways I'm like, oh no, now you think you can never express an opinion to a boy again. That's the insidious way that they frame it though. They're like, isn't it, like how can you want her to be the way she was before, right? She was like a tattletale. She's awful. She doesn't eat carbs. Of course it's good that she's, changing from this mean girl thing but like that allows them to sneak in this much more disturbing message about how girls should interact empty your brain empty your head kate yeah. know nothing and it's Be the cool, cool gr- it, it is it's the cool girl <laughs> yes yes the, cool, the girl cool thing the cool girl thing it's the cool girl level of like oh yeah i don't even give a shit i eat spaghetti but like also obviously he- you would expect her to not gain a pound. Right. right. God Her forbid. body is not allowed to ever change because that would be horrifying. But also, like, she doesn't even care. Like, she'll eat whatever the dudes eat. Like, she's just cool. She's not that uptight bitch she used to be. Like, what a change from embrace it, love it. I know. Oh, you're right. She I got know. her, like, big moment of being who she really was halfway through the movie. And then at the end, she has to give all that up. Yeah. And now she has dark. to learn. what well, I think the most, I put a bunch of question marks after this line because I'm like, I don't believe it. When Kate's like, really? Girls, you think they know everything are a turnoff? I'm like, everyone fucking knew that. Like, yeah, that's uh, one of the first every, lessons yeah, you exactly. learn as a, te- as a tween girl. <laughs> but this is brand new information to her. This scene, yes, incredibly depressing, incredibly Kate is accurate. the most, and remains the most confusing popular girl ever. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She doesn't really make sense. She's more, she is more of just like a know-it-all character, which is not the same to me as a popular girl character, but they try to have no. her be both. Yeah, I feel like nobody liked know-it-alls. In right, exactly. <laughs> I was one. Trust me, no one thought, no one liked me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Miss Ungermeyer tells Gordo that she has learned what he did for Lizzie. And she's like, you're a loyal friend. Loyalty goes a long way with the Ungermeyer. She's setting little personality tests for these these pubescent <laughs> children to see if they deserve to go to college in four yeah, years. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I guess Gordo is going to get to go to college after all. So good yeah. for Gordo. And then she flirts with Sergei over sandwiches. 
She's like, you're still on my list. And he says, as long as I'm at the top. I feel like these two are going to have like really intense sex. And I don't want to see it, but like I'm happy. I'm like, get a room. Go bang it out. Like they're both the dominant partner. You know? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a a clash, a sexy clash. I think Miss Ungermeyer deserves a, a stress relief. Yeah. She's had After, to be the one chaperone for exactly. 20 kids. She deserves to get banged. And like, did she do a good job? No. But like, can you blame her? She wasn't set up to succeed. This is like the public school education bunny crisis where they're like, we're sending you to Europe. You're going to be the only adult in charge of 20 13 year olds. And best of luck to you. Meanwhile, Matt tries to sell his blackmail footage of Lizzie to, in a hotel full of journalists, the assistant manager of the hotel. This is why I feel like Matt's going to end up in prison at some point. Absolutely. (laughs) He would be so easy to sting. Like, he literally would just wander up to anyone and be like, you want my illegal goods? And the assistant manager, he has some thoughts. He says, in Italy, we do not blackmail our sisters. If you know one thing about Italian culture, very anti-blackmailing, specifically sisters. They worship the sister yeah, they- in Italy. And he throws the camcorder tape into the fountain. I- I'm just like, maybe, again, just go to one of the throngs of journalists next time if you want a little more traction. Lizzie and Gordo sneak out to a balcony, and she kisses him, and he says, Thanks. And she says, you're welcome. And then they're so uncomfortable, they go right back inside. Young love. Very relatable. Honestly, <laughs> incredibly relatable first kiss. Yeah, the, the exact yeah. level oh. of middle school romance that you need. And you know what? This brings us to the end. Ugh. Wow. I guess it Guys, is a rom-com. It ends with a kiss. Exactly. Yeah. There's oh, a love how, triangle. <laughs> how are we feeling about this movie? How would we rate it out of... 10 inflatable igloo gowns. I think for middle school girls, I would rate it like an 8 inflatable <laughs> igloo. Yeah. And for adult women, I would rate it like a 2.5. Yeah. Yeah, that seems right. There is a Our- generous rating is a 3. <laughs> like that's a, my extremely generous personal rating. I think we can give it points for Alex Borstein. We can give it yes. points for nostalgia, especially for our specific micro generation. This is just like middle and high school time capsule which is incredibly delightful to experience there's some like like four good jokes which mm-hmm. isn't nothing <laughs> love those apricots they mentioned the apricots four times there are four good jokes <laughs> i think that that gets us to to a 2.5 for sure yeah yeah 2.5 feel good about it and yeah definitely extra points if you are a middle school girl laura This has been such a treat. Before we let you go, can you tell the people more about your book and how they can get their hands on a copy of The Daydreams? Oh, yeah. So The Daydreams is about the stars of an early 2000s TV show, musical TV show, (laughs) who at the height of their fame just totally implode on live TV in the most scandalous way possible. Um, And so now it's 13 years later, and they have all gone in very different directions in life, but they're forced back together for a reunion special that could either redeem them or destroy them completely. So it's like a fun page turner, but also about like what we did to our female starlets at the time and how many of them are still dealing with that today. And it's coming out May 2nd. I believe tomorrow at the time that we release this. It will be out tomorrow. So definitely 
order that. Go to your local bookstore. Pick up a copy. Laura's books are so much fun. All of them. And I really love this one. I will say if you you watch the Lizzie McGuire movie or listen to this and you're like, I would like a more elevated adult take on this topic that is actually interesting and funny and full of sexual tension and thematic depth i think the daydreams is where you're gonna find it it's not in the lizzie mcguire movie but there's if you're, if you're in the naked yes hell yeah these characters do fuck <laughs> and if you are in the new york city area you can actually see all three of us talking irl about laura's book at book club bar on east third street on thursday may 4th Yes, we're going to do maybe some games. We're going to wear butterfly clips in our hair. We're going to hear a little bit from the book. We're going to talk to Laura. It's going to be so fun. And this book is so fun. And this conversation was so fun. Better than the movie. It was abundantly worth watching it twice. So thank you for suggesting this topic. It was (laughs) delightful. Thank you for going along with me on this (laughs) wild ride. Listen, I know gold when when I see it. Laura, thank you. Best of luck with your book. And hopefully we will chat with you soon. And again, come see us May 4th if you're in New York at Book Club Bar. Thank you both. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. And on that note, that is it for this episode of Rich Text. Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clarentemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at clarentemmapod, and you can find our other podcasts, Love to See It, over at Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. Again, if you love the teen com slash rom-com slash romance rewatch genre, we're doing a whole series on that right now at Love to See It, and we're having so much fun with it. You can also find us individually on social media at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. 